Reese, Bips, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys gonna do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Welcome back yet again to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mike Bibbins on Twitter at Bibbs Corner, joined by my co-host, Maurice Williams, at Mind of Reese on Twitter. And today we do have a special guest joining us as well, uh, Jeff Skin Wade, uh, at Skin Wade on Twitter, if I'm correct. Yes, sir. Uh, co-host on the Ben and Skin Show, 97.1 The Eagle part of the three-man crew for the Dallas Mavericks broadcast on Valley Sports Southwest and I believe co-owner of Rollertown Beer Works. Oh, wow. That's a good, that's a good introduction. <laughs> uh, in Salina, Texas. So, Skin, how, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Is it like crazy subversive to have a Mav insider on Mavs Outsider? You know, we, we've done a couple insider interviews uh-huh. so you're, you're you're the third it is kind of weird though yeah does your fan base revolt yeah it's it gonna make weird. them angry but we will find out okay <laughs> good they it might go against quiet. our name <laughs> it might go against our name they'll let us know <laughs> well I, I certainly don't <laughs> hope to uh infuriate any of your regular listeners <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens yeah. <laughs> i'm sure you'll get the tweets so you'll you'll see it absolutely I'm look forward to it <laughs> <laughs> so Without beating around the bush, without spending a lot of time on on intros and things of that nature, I'll kind of set the table. Uh, There was a game a few weeks ago uh, where I said some less than nice things about the broadcast experience. Uh, There was a lot of discourse on the timeline, but Skin reached out directly to me. Uh, We actually had a conversation the day after the game, and a pitch was made to have a discussion in a public forum that could be shared, viewed, consumed, debated by whomever, uh, and basically just try to see if we can can o- open a dialogue, I guess, or have a discourse about the state of the Mavs fan base. Um, is that my own base there? Yeah, I think so, man. And I think, um, you know, I've been wanting to do something like this for a while. I thought I was going to reach out at some point to uh, Kirk, Henderson or serious face, uh, whatever. Um, because, uh, I think he's a really nice person. Uh, I stopped following him on Twitter cause I thought he was, his Twitter persona was way too negative and I didn't really get anything out of it. Um, but I think he's a smart, nice guy. And then, uh, we communicated somehow and then I started following him again. I was like, ah, oh, it's the same old shit. All right. I don't need this. <laughs> and, um, and actually, um, I think I started following you. I can't remember when I started following you, Bib, but it was, I was following you already when my nephew made a movie and you reviewed it, which I really, really appreciated. But uh, I think the main reason, if I recall, that I stopped following you was you were saying a lot of negative stuff about my dude, Harp. I love Derek Harper. Um, yeah. Now, keep in mind, gentlemen, I'm 50 years old. And so <laughs> when I was an eighth grade point guard, Derek Harper was my one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. And if you had told me when I was 13 or 14 years old that I would one day not only be working with Harper, but I'd be friends with him, I wouldn't have believed you. I admire him so much. And then when you uh, then get to know that person and he's way cooler than what you imagined, you become uh, defensive about that. And, you know, that's something that I want to protect. And so I don't want to see – uh, negativity about my man on my timeline. So I stopped following you. It's not personal. And I think when I, uh, went up in your, uh, DMS, I mentioned very quickly, Hey, you know, you and I probably have a lot more in common than we have, uh, that that's, that's different. It really, most of our, I guess, differences, I think have to do with age and what social (laughs) media has done to people. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. when I was, I'm, you know, even younger, like my late twenties, and you had things like, you know, message boards first started getting going and all that kind of stuff. Man, I was in there throwing haymakers. <laughs> like I was doing that. And that's what you do when you're, you want to vent and you have strong ass opinions, you know? And so I get it. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing at all, but I did think that I probably respected you guys. And I thought it would be cool to have a conversation 
where we can explore what these differences are civilly as people that respect one another. Cause I just think it's really difficult to do it in 140 characters or whatever it is. Now. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. And man, I don't even, I, I got off Facebook in like 2013, honestly, <laughs> uh, Ben made me get back on it a year or two ago when we switched radio stations, but man, I can't do Facebook. It just, I like Instagram. It's all sunshine and puppies. And then I do like Twitter cause it's a way to communicate with people. But, right. uh, but the negativity definitely gets me down. I'm curious what you thought when you saw that I was in your direct messages. Were you like, oh, shit, this dude? <laughs> so, no, not at all. I, um, because like you said, you, you made your message pretty clear right away, like why you were reaching out. So personally, like you said, you, you explained the harp situation, and I respect that. I, res- I respect you a lot for reaching out when you did and how you did, uh, because it would have been easy to just ignore and or block or whatever and just keep it moving um the idea that you pitched when we spoke about coming on the podcast is actually funny because my first ever podcast episode uh when i decided to pick up a microphone is called state of the mffl's address oh wow and it was literally me spending 30 minutes by myself in the microphone trying to diagnose why there was so much division within the mavs fan base and trying to understand different people's perspectives because me personally in my life in the even the jobs I do I'm usually really good at understanding other people's perspectives and being able to communicate my perspective to those to other people um people usually come to me to be the the judicious person to help them solve a conflict or whatever right right um so when I see that division on the timeline and I feel like you probably have some of this too you want to be the person to say, hey, look, this, these are the differences. This is how we can come together. And if there's not a way to come together, I wanted to acknowledge that as well. Um, me personally, and I, I didn't want to dive into this too quickly, but me personally, I, I do think there's an age gap situation. Um, I do think there's a fanhood gap as well. You have your fans that were there in the early 90s. You have your fans that were there just for the Dirk era. And now we have fans that are just here for Luca. Mm -hmm. And I think all those different age jumps, there's a little bit of a different way that we fan basically. Right, right, right. Um, And social media is what social media is. I don't use, I'm I'm on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook. Like I'm there because that's the only place I communicate with a lot of my family members. Cause I don't live near my family members. I live in a completely different state. I spend um, more time on Facebook than I should, but you know. When you're not get out Facebook. of there, Maurice. Get out of there. Run. <laughs> I actually just got out of Facebook jail today. It's oh. not it's not worth it. It's not, it's not worth, worth it. it. Every any comment section is always just terrible. It's a bad Facebook. place over there. It's a <laughs> bad vibes, negativity, and that's saying a lot because I can tolerate Twitter. So if I can't tolerate <laughs> Facebook. Right. <laughs> yeah. So and, and that's where I wanted, again, to try to give my perspective. So I'm not from Dallas. I'm not from Texas. I lived in Texas for four years when I was a kid. My uncle got me a Jason Kidd jersey for my sixth birthday. Cool. And I just had this Dallas jersey I wore all the time. And so when I was nine or 10 and I actually was a fan of the NBA, I was like, this is my team. And that's pretty much how that went. Um, and that was around the time that Dirk came to the team. So my actual fanhood is the entire Dirk era this mm-hmm. is where it's where late 90s and on that's that's where it comes from and as a person living in I lived in Delaware Maryland South Carolina during all this time I don't have a lot of Mavs fans to talk to so 97 right. through 2009 when I got on Twitter I maybe met one Mavs fan my entire life so Same. most of so most of the people I'm talking to are 76ers fans, uh, you know, whatever. Man, you think Mav fans are miserable. Good God, those Sixers <laughs> fans, Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah. That's a miserable lot right there. And so uh, knowing how Philadelphia fans are, right? <laughs> that's who I'm talking to all the time. <laughs> I'm bringing a lot of Philadelphia energy with me into my Mavs fandom. And so, again, 2009, I got on Twitter. I don't recall really reaching out to a ton of Mavs fans until around 2011. 
mm-hmm. where I just really started adding a bunch of Mavs fans. And it wasn't what it is now. I think you mentioned this as well when we spoke. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I met people like Kenny. I don't know if you know Kenny 817. Is 817? Oh, is that yeah. Kenny Bybee? No. It, no. Uh, no? Okay. Mm-mm. I know I followed... Um, I know I've seen Kenny 817. I know I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. I followed Steve Alica for a while. I followed him since MySpace, actually. So, dude, wow. me, me too. Before I worked for the Mavs, I knew Steve when he did T.O.'s MySpace page. Yeah, because he had, like, a lot of cool graphics. Yeah. Mavs, Mavs graphics. My, Steve is my dude. I love Steve. He's been yeah. really good to me over the years. <laughs> it was so, actually much longer than that for me. I did. You got on Twitter, like, in Mavs Twitter in 2011. When I came to Mavs Twitter, it was... I became a fan in 2003, mm-hmm. okay. and I was on Twitter, but I didn't really start using Twitter a lot until like five years ago. Oh, wow. And I really started being more active on Twitter, and I was like, I don't know anyone. I don't get to talk any to anybody about the Mavs. Right. So I just went on a following spree. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just started following a bunch of Mavs guys. I started following insiders, people who worked for the team. Mm-hmm. Just so on my timeline, I can see these things interact get to know people, they'll follow me back, build relationships like that. But I feel like when I came into Mavs Twitter, it was already uh You came in the worst time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it had already bad. deteriorated at that point. Yeah. Uh, but 2011, 2012, that's where I did this following spree, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and met a lot of people. I went to my first game in Dallas in January of 2014. Uh, I met a lot of the people that I interacted with on Twitter during that time. Mm-hmm. And after that time was when things started to really kind of change. The frustrations were starting to build with the way the team was being managed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that old school fan started to come out and the anger and the frustration. And at that point I started to commiserate with other people who were also feeling these frustrations Right. and be annoyed by people that were pretending things weren't happening mm-hmm. that were that were clearly happening or making excuses etc so forth and so then i start to branch off from some of these people like there are people that i used to talk to all the time maps twitter early days that i don't even see on my timeline anymore i don't even know if they're on twitter right as, as far but as you, i'm concerned you started curating it to fit your needs exactly um, and personally, that's how I feel it should be. Um, if I don't like my, what I'm seeing on my timeline, I'm just not going to follow you. Yeah. If you keep coming in my mentions, I'm probably going to mute you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ignore you for a while, but if you keep coming, I'm probably just going to mute you and you'll be talking to yourself. The right. thing with that, that's true. But the thing is like, I see people on that from math Twitter on my timeline and I like them as people. Like when we're discussing certain topics, that aren't basketball related is fun. But for some reason this summer, it just, it got overwhelming for me. So I said, I like them as people. I don't want to unfollow them. So I went into my settings and I went Mavs, Luca, Dallas Mavericks, and I muted it for like a month just to <laughs> clear the timeline and say, okay, basketball is not on right now. It's the off season. I don't want the negativity and the complaining and stuff on the timeline. It's cool to have discussions sometimes. And not to mention, we had to do this every week. So I didn't want to, <laughs> when I'm on Twitter having fun, I don't, I don't want to hear about that. I just need a break from it. That's all. I, I think like what you guys are saying <clears throat> is incredibly revelatory and what I wanted to talk about because I don't think the Mavs Twitter experience, quite honestly, has much to do with the Mavericks. I think it has to do with overall mental health in the country. And it's amazing how the mental health discussion is more present than it's ever been. You know, if you grew up hooping or you grew up playing sports, man, you never, ever, ever let anyone know that you had any quote unquote weakness at all in any way, because you did not want to be exploited. And I think what's happening and it's so cool when you see, you know, especially jock dudes express like there's a guy in Dallas radio named Jeff Cavanaugh. Uh, he's on a show called G bag nation. He's a really good friend of mine and he's been very vocal about his depression. 
Mm. And he's one of these, you know, he was a pretty good football player, good athlete, big dude, real handsome, girls like him, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and him being vulnerable and real is very powerful to me. And maybe it, a lot of it has to do with my age too. You know, you go through things and you become more reflective and you look back at things. But it, it's, it's amazing to me the, the reactions. Like if I say something that uh, you guys would disagree with, the tone with which it is said not only the reactions, but also the way I say it. I find myself acting in ways on social media that I don't particularly like about myself. Mm. You know, I feel like I get sucked into some stuff and go, man, why did you do that? That was a real dick move. You know, you were being a dick when you did that. You absolutely know you did it and you did it anyways. And you went in there with your stick. Right. And so it's, it's real amazing to me. Like I get this all the time. And this is why a lot of people I don't even engage with anymore. Well, you're just a shill for the Mavericks. You've never said anything negative. I'm like, okay, so now do I have to go on the air and say everything I said? Because I was on live radio when the Rondo trade happened. I was working with Mike Bassett, who is the single most negative person I've ever worked with. <laughs> and I said, this trade sucks. It's going to set us back. And he was pumping his fist, talking about how great it was. I knew Rondo would be bad. I knew it would be bad. I knew he couldn't play with Monte. I didn't know he would come in here and do the things that he did. <laughs> right. right. I was just talking about the man as a player. I wasn't talking about the mental games that were going to be played, but I said that on live radio and drive time in Dallas, Fort Worth. And then the next night went on the air to Maverick game. So, you know, the things that I get accused of aren't accurate, but if we disagree with something, and I'm not saying it the way that you want me to say it because the tone that you're taking at the moment, that's not really very smart discourse for anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and again, I don't need, I think I told you this, babe, I don't even really think it's about the Mavericks so much. It's about, I mean, you see, you see it. I used to, I swear to God, this is true. You used to be able to talk politics with people. I swear yeah. to God. <laughs> yeah. That, that used yeah. to be able to happen. I used to disagree with people that I loved over politics. Now it's like, Oh my God, I heard the word Trump. I'm leaving the building. Right. <laughs> I just can't deal with this today. And so, um, to me, it's really more about just the state of using these tools to express constant negativity. Mm. And what happens is, is you're, you're just feeding your own negativity and you're dragging your, you're ultimately dragging yourself through the mud. Uh, and I know this because I do that to myself. Mm. And I have to really censor myself and go, man, don't go there. Sometimes I do, especially if I've been sipping a little something, right? That makes it a little <laughs> difficult. Um, but I, I look at uh, the commentary online and like the whole thing where, you know, I, when I, you know, messaged you and what the stuff that was going on, I'm, I'm not going to like go at somebody and go, Oh, you don't like the broadcast F you. Cause you know what? There's broadcast. I don't like, I yeah. get it, man. Everybody's got their opinions and stuff. I realize I'm a, I'm lucky to be here, man. I know that I'm very fortunate. It's been an incredible run. The day they take me off the air, I got nothing to complain about been so lucky dude um but i it's funny man i felt like responding to that tweet and then i was like nah, i shouldn't because it's going to be taken wrong and yeah. then i was like man what a sorry state of affairs in the world where i listen to this man's podcast about my nephew's film and i know he's a smart likable dude and i know i would get along with that guy and i don't even feel like i can respond to this right now because it's mm -hmm. just gonna be some shit yeah. and so you know i i, I knew that the, the podcast platforms that I go on, I got a podcast with Bobby Carella. Uh, this week I jumped on with, with Follow Will and Damaris. Mavs Twitter probably doesn't go to those things because they think I'm spitting sunshine. And I get it. And so I'm very grateful that you guys would allow me to come into your uh, digital living room, so to speak, and say these things because I want people that would never give me the time of day to hear these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. They can reject it. They can tell me whatever, right. but I just like the idea of those ideas being exchanged in the first place uh, in a civil way. And I realized I probably sat here and talked too long and you guys no, probably no. have some things. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. No, I, I like what you pointed out. I don't know if Reese, you wanted to jump in real quick. There was one thing I wanted to touch on real quick. Uh, well, I mean, you mentioned that you appreciate us welcoming, you know, you into our digital living room. We appreciate, I mean, look, there's a lot of Mavs podcasts out. <laughs> We're fairly new. We haven't even been doing this a year. So for you to choose to want to come on uh, our platform and 
have this conversation, a uh, conversation some people aren't really comfortable having or wouldn't welcome uh, on the show. I think I speak for both me and uh, my brother Bibbs when I say we appreciate it. Uh, and it's a conversation that needs to be had. I understand uh, some of the things you were saying. Um, as far as the mental health, that was something that never really crossed my mind until you said it. And then I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. You say, uh, you know, you really like Bibbs. Y'all will have a lot in common, but you feel like, man, I can't even reply to this tweet right now and give my opinion on it because it may turn bad just because of the optics of things or how right. tone might come off. Right. You know, uh, tone is something that's very lost on social media. Yeah. You're typing. You can't really hear the tone in someone's voice. You can't hear how genuine someone is or how genuine they aren't. Well, when you're typing in, 240 characters or something like that so uh i think platforms like this conversations like this are important uh that's the small thing i wanted to add but uh yeah bibs you can go ahead yeah so yeah i i agree as well the mental health aspect of it is a huge aspect and i'll say from my personal experience like i said every part of my life i'm the perfect quiet resolved judicious, never out of line person. So my sports fandom is where I allow myself to be loose and crazy. Yeah. Right, right. Same. <laughs> like there's, I have a friend that like, we've been friends for years and we went to a game together. It was uh, the Hornets versus Heat playoff game. And the whole time I felt like he was looking at me like a, a third arm had grew out of my forehead. But he was like, who, who is this guy that I'm at this game with? Because it's not my, I'm not myself when it comes to sports, right. um, and I need that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I and I realized that um, through these, like again, like I, I felt, I saw the negativity, and again, I, I wanted to be a fixer, but I realized I can't be fake at the same time. Like I have to be myself. Right. Right. Um, and if that means not interacting with certain people because I know, like you said, I'm going to come off negatively, then I just won't interact with those people. Um, and there's been situations where I made a joke because I like to joke. Mm -hmm. yep. And some of my jokes may come off as mean if you don't really know who I am. Uh, I'll give an example. I'll give a specific example. There was, there's a, a young lady, I can't think of her, her Twitter handle right now, but she's a huge KP fan all the way from the New York days. And she posted a picture of like a collection of jerseys or something. I know who that girl is. I can't think of her name either, but I'm yeah, pretty I, I, I'm mad that I can't think of her name because I don't want to It's on the tip of my tongue to be honest. Yes. Yeah, I can, I can, Alexis, maybe? Yeah, yeah I think that is. Alexis. I think that's yeah. it. Yes, yes, yes. So she posted a picture of like a bunch of KP jerseys or something. And I posted like a, 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 a me, a gif of um, like a character from a TV show saying, I said like, these are, this is, I put KP's people in like a colon and the GF says she's a stalker or something like that. And in my head, I'm making a joke. I do the same thing to Coolio Jones, uh, who's another person that has a huge, Jersey collection, Preston Odinson. I do the same thing to them, but because she didn't know me, she took it as like I'm a misogynist, I'm the worst person in the world. Right to the point where, like, this was over a year and a half ago. She did like a collection of misogynist posts, and my response there is was in that collection of posts a year and a half later. Right, and I'm like, you know, like this is not who I am. This is not how I want people to see me. But just making that one little joke based on her 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 experiences and i can't devalue her experiences right i put myself out there like that i look this way i come off this way and there's nothing i can do to change her opinion she didn't respond i put, put like a nice flowery response i'm a pr person i know how to word things she didn't even interact with it it is what it is i have to right. let that go at right. this point um so again i've stopped interacting with people when i know that i'm going to go that way NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a death deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, 
DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 positive, one dollar wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Reese. And so I did want to ask you as a person, like I have 5,000 followers. That's a lot to some people. That's not a lot to a lot of people. I think you have 70,000. Mm-hmm. How aware do you have to be of the reaction you're going to get when you post a tweet? Um, so I've become a lot more aware of it in the last four or five years because the world's become more effed up. Um, you know, the it, all of that has changed so much. And, you know, I was, when you were explaining all that, I started thinking about that dude, Jason Concepcion Network. And he, that guy, used Twitter to become a personality. And then he started working for The Ringer, and now he's doing some really amazing things. And that's a great example. Another guy on a lesser level, but Jason Gallagher, who I think people probably know because he's a Mavs fan. I have a high degree of respect for him. Um, But, you know, you can be funny like you're talking about and irreverent. My sense of humor is very irreverent. Uh, And I do tend to, uh, you know, have sometimes, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, God, I'm totally blanking. uh, when people feel disrespected, um, God, I'm so sorry. I'm just blanking on the word. Abrasive uh, or no, nah, just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Disrespecting people, but there was a word that evaded me, but, um, I, I do like that style of humor. Um, but I'll give you an example. Uh, what do you do see a lot of is just that dude's trash. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, there's no redeeming quality to that tweet whatsoever. It's, it's really not funny. It's not, you know, I like creativity. Uh, I like someone that's really using the form to do something interesting and really like, but just that dude trash, like what the fuck, man, like that's <laughs> what you got. Like that's, that's you're sitting there and that's what you're coming with. I don't really know that you're doing a very good job of representing what you have in your arsenal. Yeah. It's like, it's not really impressive. Um, and so I, I, I built up a following Ben and I both, in the early days of Twitter, and it was uh, the Rangers going to the World Series, the Mavs winning an NBA Finals, and then the Rangers going back to the World Series. That's where our shit really took off. And those were really amazing days. They were so much fun. Um, I, it's funny, too, because what happens in social media is you just assume people think like you. Mm. And I was, I'd been drinking one night. This is early 2017. And uh, I was uh, inspired by something Greg Popovich, who I really, really admire, had just said about the state of the world and the state of leadership. Mm-hmm. And man, I said some really raw stuff about the president of the United States at the time. And I went to bed. And when I woke up the next morning, there were people from the organization checking in on me to see if I was okay. Oh, wow. And so it was like, damn. <laughs> Uh, I guess I miscalculated the way people feel about this orange person. Uh, I just not, assumed not everyone, gonna, no problem, no problems on this podcast when it comes yeah, to that. right. Yeah. It's like, it like, really, everyone in the world doesn't know he's a complete asshole that doesn't care about people. Like it's his whole history, like his whole he built his whole thing off of like disrespecting someone while he fired them from his show their failure like he's he's a bad dude he built whatever yeah whatever your political leanings are you can look at that go oh that's a that's a horrible narcissist that's a really bad person whatever he believes in taxes or whatever like that's irrelevant to the caliber of the human right and i just assumed everyone knew he was an asshole Everyone I knew that was from New York was like, oh, yeah, New Yorkers think he's trash. We would never, you know, whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh, so that was a real jarring thing for me. Mm. I had to go apologize to people. There were people trying to get me fired and all this kind of stuff. Oh, wow. And so 
that was a that was a real and, and also unfairly i put ben my radio mm. co-host in the crosshairs right that's not cool I, that was not cool of me and i should have been more thoughtful uh and so that was a real eye-opening moment i still have uh you know sometimes you gotta say what you gotta say right mm-hmm. uh yeah. but i'm a lot more cognizant of it uh than i would have been say in 2014 or 2013 where I'm sure I've said some things where, like, by today's standards, you'd be like, oh, my God, what a horrible human. Like, well, no. Oh, yeah. Funny, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. The early days of Twitter were a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be careful nowadays, especially, yeah. like, you know, I have a, a kind of a dark sense of humor. I like, you know, I like, I don't go too far, but I know I say some things where people are like, hey, you're wild. And they'll say, hey, you're wild, LOL. And other ones will reply, hey you're wild like relax <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean i get it i try to calm it down a bit especially since i have this platform now and i have it with bibs as well i don't want to say something as to where you know it'll reflect on our platform and i won't only take a hit but he'll take a hit as well so uh i try to calm down on it a bit i try to tote the line <laughs> of relaxing and still having the fun that uh, I used to have, but it's difficult. You don't want to step on anybody's toes. I don't like to offend people. I don't try to offend people. It's just, I'm having fun the way I've known all my life, so. Man, offend is the word. I just spent like 30 seconds trying to remember. I could not <laughs> you know word. what's funny? I, I thought, life. I wanted to say offended, but I was, I, in my head I said, I don't think that's the word he's looking for. That's the word I was looking for. Super <laughs> effective word, I couldn't find it. Um, yeah, uh, and I think, uh, you know, what, uh, what my goal or hope in coming on here for people that are listening is just, hey, man, we disagree all day. That's cool. And, and the more experiences you have, the more you contextualize things and realize how diffi- difficult, you know, certain things are to pull off and uh, in the world of sports and all that stuff. I would just kind of like push everyone to just be more original, be more funny and uh, take your disagreement tones to a higher place. Disagree, disagree freely. Take your shots, man. Build your following. Do all that stuff and push yourself to be better than a guy that's got to start a burner account because uh, he's been banned and his burner account is just trash. Like, be better than that. You know, everyone, have your opinions. Uh, Nico didn't do enough, whatever. Jason Kidd's not the right coach. All those things, those are all valid discussions, but they don't have to be framed with burn everything down and everyone sucks because what you're doing, man, is you are just stewing. You know, uh, and, and I would, I'm not going to say anything that I wouldn't say uh, to Kirk directly, uh, but I've had these moments where I'm like, I almost want to reach out and be like, man, where do you find joy in life? Like you really, there's all these amazing things in life. And if this is causing you this much negativity and distress, dude, get out of it. Go find another team, go find another sport, uh, get into art collecting, just do something else. This is I'm worried about your state of mind. Like, Find something that inspires you other than just dumping on something every single damn day. It's, it's overwhelming. And I, I like that you pointed that out because, you know, some people think of me as a somewhat negative person. Actually, I think, I don't know if you saw it. There was like somebody, they do those charts that are like uh, the super optimist. And then like in the other corner, it's like the super negative person. Mm-hmm. And they put me somewhere in the middle. Uh, because, and I, I I can get annoyed by the super optimistic that everything's sunshine and roses all the time. And I can get annoyed by the super mm-hmm. everything is burning and everything is terrible at the same time. Right. Personally. Right. And I know on Twitter, because I used to like to vent a lot, I would say things that come off as the completely negative where I, that's not necessarily how I feel. I'm exaggerating. I'm, I'm doing some hyperbole right. for yeah. Twitter, yeah. but I've, I've had to dial that back because I don't want myself to be, I don't want myself to be portrayed that way. And as a critic, like you mentioned, I, I reviewed your, your nephew's film. Mm-hmm. When I do a review, I usually in my review, try to keep my personal feelings out of it. Right. I might say, you know, this is how I felt, but I also make sure to say, this is who I think might enjoy this film versus saying I hated this film. So the film sucks. Right. But I have a thousand words to do that. And like you said, Twitter, 140 characters. I'm not. I'm not getting the opportunity to say this is why how I feel. 
this is why I feel that way. And this is how, you know, we can fix this. I don't have that in a tweet. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 that's why I'm glad I found podcasting because I get yeah. to actually add context to my thoughts Absolutely. and elaborate on a higher level. And I basically just calm down with the Twitter. I make jokes still, but I, I keep myself away from being, I think at least, completely negative like I maybe used to be when it comes to the, the Twitter stuff. I do want to ask you, and this is something that came to me uh, in a conversation I was having with somebody else. At your level, because I've already mentioned I, I'm good at avoiding the people that I know are going to annoy me to the point where I'm going to respond. How do you become aware of the negative tweets? Because I feel like maybe a couple of days ago, you maybe had like some thoughts that you expressed about what you were seeing, I guess, on your time. I don't, well, however you were seeing it, how do you become aware of those type of tweets? Because I feel like at your level, you don't have to see that if you don't want to. Usually if someone tags me in it, like that's probably it 90% of the time. And then, you know, the other thing too is like, you know, I I do end up muting a lot of people, uh, but I usually only mute them if I, if someone sends me something very negative, but I also find it irrational. That to me is the line. Like I get negativity, (laughs) light and dark. It's the world, baby. It's yin and yang. We can go on and on and on. But when it comes to me in an irrational form, I'm usually like, well, what is this? So I'll go in there and I'll start looking at their tweets. And you could tell in 10 tweets what this person's agenda is, right? Doesn't take long. And I'm like, okay, this person is adding nothing to the world. Then I mute it and I move on. And sometimes people will tag me in tweets and they'll say, you have muted this person. And depending (laughs) on the mood I'm in that day, I'll click on it to see what the person that I've already deemed is not having value is saying. (laughs) Guess what? 95% of the time they're doing the same old crap. Um, And so... uh, that's the main thing. And, and for example, like, you know, that's, that's how I got pulled into a thing where you're with your criticism of the broadcast. And I don't, I'm not one of those people that feels like, Hey, you need to tag me if you're going to say negative things about me. And I'm also one of those people that doesn't think that you have to like me on the broadcast or like Harper, like follow well or whatever. Um, where I do tend to, uh, what do kind of catches my ire is we put in a lot of work. Um, and then number two, I can't, uh, the disrespecting of my teammates, you know, I just don't get out like that. Um, and so those are the things that for the most part, like I've seen, like, I, I could tell you a real funny story about how I became internet friends with Bob Bulgaris back in 2012. I've known him for a really long time, really long time. In fact, uh, I remember hitting him up when I saw the news story and I was like, well, I'll be damned, man. Look who's coming to town. He was like, yeah, dude, last Thursday I was standing 15 feet away from you and you didn't even notice. I've known Bob for a really long time. And I knew him because he was shitting on me on Twitter. And, uh, <laughs> and, so, I, and so I hit him up and was like, all right, tell me why I suck. And we had a really good conversation, man. And I think I gave him some perspective he hadn't considered. And he told me some things. I thought that's valuable. Which, by the way, man, if you're listening to this and I've offended you before listening to this podcast and I've said something that I should be called out on, call me out. Tweet to me. Uh, if I have unjustly disrespected you, I apologize. It was wrong. I probably got caught up in the moment. I'm not about disrespecting people. I don't dig that. Uh, and if you see me on Twitter and I'm behaving in a fashion that ain't cool, call me out. Tweet at me. Let me know. Um Cause I, I don't, uh, I, man, I'm, I'm a competitive spirited person. I can get caught up in some bullshit real easy. Uh, it doesn't matter that I'm 50 and should know better. So, uh, so man, hold me responsible. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, like you guys were doing, you, you've got to try to curate your experiences as best as you can. That's the main reason I left foot, uh, uh, Facebook is really difficult to do that. Yeah. Um, so, and really, uh, most of my Twitter, my, here's the thing that's really sunk in with me. Um, I'll tell you guys something real funny. Uh, this is probably, so my first time on the broadcast was January of 2009. We were playing the Knicks and I didn't even know I was supposed to be on the broadcast or what my role was. It was real crazy. That was a real crazy time. <laughs> um, but I'd been on the broadcast for about a year and it was a real exciting time in my life. And some person started there wasn't much people in there but they started a facebook group called skin weight is a douche and it had a picture of me with a big giant circle around my face and a line going through my face 
Wow. And man, that really hurt my feelings. Like, and I'm a guy that can take, cause you know, if you grow up hooping, you talk shit like you do. Right. And if you can't do that, probably can't hang. So like, I've been involved in a lot of trash talking. I get that. But man, that, that definitely damaged my confidence mm -hmm. and it hurt me. And so I got real self-conscious and that lasted probably about a year and then it went away. And the reason it went away is because I've seen all kinds of negative things about me online. Also, I've seen some really fair criticisms that I agree with. Um, and, and a lot of criticisms have to do with ignorance of the situation. People don't know my role, why I'm there. They compare it to something that's <laughs> apples to oranges. I get all that. And what you don't know is what you don't know. But I swear to God, this is true. I've been doing this. I've been doing radio in Dallas since 2002. I've uh, been full-time in radio since 2008. I've been on the Mavs broadcast since 2009. And that entire time, we're almost at 20 years, no one, not one person, has ever said any of that to me to my face in person. I've never gotten anything, <laughs> but, and, and y'all see me, I ain't some tough dude. It's, it's not, it's, it's just people vent in these toxic ways that they really aren't even who they are. Right. And that, that was really profound. I'm like, man, if I went online and thought that's what I'm about, that is in no way matches my personal experiences. I mean, me and Ben are lucky. We've had people tell us that, Hey, my dad was dying and you guys got us through that. Or they'll reach out, man, would you please help me with this charity? All these things. I mean, it has been an enormously positive 20 years for me. Uh, and so that life, that toxic social media life in no way represents what my real life experience has been at all. And that's like the real underlying thing that I have to pause and really think about when I get caught up in some online bullshit. Exactly. And I'm glad you touched on that because I was gonna, I was gonna ask you know how you felt about criticism and you basically hit exactly where I, how I feel. There are some people they're gonna say things that are critical, that are completely baseless, or it doesn't matter to you because it's like something that you're not gonna change. Like for example, we had someone complain about our podcast <laughs> in a certain way, and if it's something that I don't plan to change, if it's something that other people have told me they like, I'm able to balance that out and say, you know what? More people have said they like this than have said they don't. If you don't, you don't have to listen. Right. Yeah. That's like a dude. That's one dude who just, <laughs> who listens to the podcast that just doesn't like me. And it's like, I haven't been doing this for a long time, but I've like, I don't want to say I've grown up in the social media era, but most of my life has been in the social media era. And over the years, I've grown an amount of confidence to where, hey, if you say something negative on social media to me and you don't really know me, I don't take offense to it too much. Right. There was a guy, uh, he tweeted Bibbs first and he was like, uh, you know, you're doing great, but you need to drop this Reese dude. He's holding you back. And I laughed. Like <laughs> me and Bibbs <laughs> had a laugh about it. I think I, I sent it to him or something. We did a survey. And I swear, I think it was the same guy. <laughs> he said, the podcast is great, but that Reese dude sucks. I'm like, I laughed about it on the podcast. It's, you know, everybody has their opinions. Yeah. If everyone liked me, it would probably be pretty boring. I'll right. be honest. So, <laughs> right. you know, I prefer different opinions. Not everybody has to like me. It's okay. Yeah. As you long know, as you don't make it personal. Like, don't make it mm -hmm. personal. That's the bottom. You know, what's real funny is uh, we don't have it at our current station, but when I was a fan and then at ESPN, we had the screen up where people could text in whatever they thought, right? <laughs> and what the person texting the thing in didn't realize is you could click on their number and see everything that they had texted in. And so the person that texts you, this is the worst radio show. I would never listen to this. I don't even know who you guys are. And you click on it and go, oh, really? Because five days ago, you tweeted this to texted this to us. And four days ago, you texted this to us. And it, and it really is just that. And I get it. Everybody's got a need to be heard. And man, someone like me, I'm overheard, right? Like I have, I got involved in this project during the, the pandemic that was really about the platforms I've been lucky to have sharing those platforms with other people. Um, because there's a lot of people that don't get heard. And that's the way our society has been structured. Uh, it doesn't mean everyone is held back. It doesn't, we, we talk about these things in unrealistic binaries. Uh, but there's, there are areas where we can hold ourselves as a society accountable and actually try to be the things we are supposed to be. And we can criticize, criticize ourselves. 
we can criticize our country. It doesn't mean we we're tearing down our country. People that don't let you criticize the country, that's what fascists do. So that they right. can, yeah. you know, strengthen their power and strength, you know, everybody improves with their life. Think about, and this is what I used to tell my kids when like, they wouldn't listen to me. They're 16 and 14 now. I was like, <laughs> Maya, you're 12, right? She's like, yeah. I was like, think about how much more you know now than you were t when you were 10. You see the wheels turning. I'm really old. So guess how much more I know now. And it, and it really is about, you know, continually gaining perspective. You have your innate qualities. You have your DNA. You have who you are. You have your influences early on. And that, that builds your person and all that. But then we're all responding to these different circumstances and the, the things that happen to us in life. And hopefully all of those things that happen, it's just a continual building process. And you can continually evaluate yourself. Trust me, I continually evaluate myself. I, I, I try to, I know what I like, you know, and I know what I, what I don't like, but I, I know I'm not the be all end all. And I know how fortunate I am. I definitely, I worked hard. That's the other thing, man. This is this whole thing where people start going, no way I worked hard. Dude, it ain't mutually exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. I know a lot of really hardworking people that never got opportunities. Right. Those are, those are nonsense conversations. Yep. And when we spend time in those conversations, we are truly wasting each other's time and all we're doing is dividing ourselves over nonsense. And, and a lot of that has to do with ego and personality and the unwillingness to be criticized. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and so all of that <clears throat> happens, it happens on large scales and it happens on small scales in our every, in our everyday lives. So uh, I am not uh, averse to criticism. And a lot of times I like getting it because I do think I can constantly improve in whatever I'm doing. And I want to do that. Exactly. The next thing I had to hit, and yep. you kind of touched on it earlier, but I wanted to make sure we touched on it in a complete way. Okay. When do you say something, when you post something, people are going to view you and what you say as an extension of the team. You mentioned mm -hmm. that people are saying, you know, you're a shield for the team. Right. Is there a level of responsibility you feel to be careful about what you say about the team or do you, and, and do, how do you feel about the, the idea that everything you say is going to be perceived as coming from the team? Yeah. I, I try to be super cognizant of that. So here's what people don't realize. I do not work for the team. <laughs> I work for Bally sports. However, if Mark Cuban wanted my ass off the broadcast, he'd go to Bally <laughs> sports and they'd take my ass off the broadcast. Right. Um, and man, I just, I can't thank that man enough for allowing me to grow into the role. Uh, I was, you know, he, he wanted to do something different, seismically different. He thinks outside the box and I was the guy in the right place at the right time. And that was back before Twitter. And I <laughs> built my reputation up on the ticket post game show. And back then, you know, now there's entire Twitter accounts called Mav CBA and all this stuff or about <laughs> the collective bargaining. Back then mm -hmm. I took the time and I read a lot of the collective bargaining agreement. And I read the Larry Kuhn website inside and out. And so there was a lot of prominent media people that were saying things that were just factually inaccurate. And so that's how I made my name for myself was knowing this stuff inside and out. And it was a different time period. And truly I was uh, one of the only guys that could do that back then. And mm -hmm. so it was really great timing for me. And I think also I greatly benefited from the advent of Bill Simmons being an outsider, mm -hmm. suddenly being in mainstream yeah. media. I greatly benefited from that. And dude, Bill Simmons is someone that I admire, but he drives me effing crazy. <laughs> right? uh, so uh, I was in the right place at the right time. I benefited greatly from having a radio partner in Ben where we got each other's backs. We've known each other since we were 12. So we always play to each other's strengths. We're truly teammates in every sense of the word. Um, and so I've benefited from a lot of that and I've been, uh, you know, I've been really, really fortunate, but I don't work for the team. I do need to be respectful of the team. And that's the thing I'm talking about with criticism. I'll yeah. give you an example. I was on the podcast, I think with Falwell, or maybe I was talking about this with Corella. Dwight Powell's not the player he was before Achilles and nobody ever has been. All right. The, the closest ever is Dominique, man. Go look at Neek's stats pre and mm -hmm. post Achilles. It's extraordinary. Uh, Wesley Matthews, was nothing like he was before, all right? He wasn't. 
And part of that big salary the Mavericks gave him, I mean, we can all, I, I like Wesley Matthews and I think he's good to have on a team. Wesley Matthews was overpaid and not, not, not getting into a man's uh, personal life and his business. We're talking within the construct of a salary cap and right. having a lotted amount of money that you can spend as resources. To me, that's what those conversations are all about. I would never spite a man for making money. To me, it's all about salary cap slots and the mechanisms that we use for team building. And the Wesley deal was not a good deal. Uh, and primarily because we got him post Achilles. Yeah. Uh, if you go back and you look, Dwight Powell, before the Achilles, his points per possession rating when he was the screener was through the effing roof. And that is a fact. That's not up for debate. Yeah. It's some of the all-time great numbers ever in that regard. And so his age and his things that he does well is greatly impacted by Achilles. And you, if you were to put tape on, of him on from pre-Achilles to post-Achilles, watch him in rotations. It's not the same. And that's what happens. That's the reality of injuries in sports. And I don't begrudge Dwight Powell. Dude, if you guys knew Dwight Powell, he's an extraordinary <laughs> human. Like, dude, there's been times where I've been in situations at uh, charitable events where I damn near am in tears hearing the guy speak. And it matters a lot to have him with the team. And I wish they had a more flexible salary cap situation, but they don't. But I'm not going to trash that man. And I also know I learned a very valuable lesson when the Mavericks won a championship. Karam Butler had that horrific knee injury, mm -hmm. right? And I remember at the time I worked for ESPN, I remember I wrote a big article about Karan Butler as a trade asset, okay? <laughs> Expiring contract, here's how you can improve the team. There you are, mean that, that season, like coming up season. on the trade deadline? I, mean, it, okay. I, think, I think it happened in December. Yeah, January, it happened in December, I remember. Right? Trade deadline coming in February. Okay. Right? And there are people in the organization that were like, you do not know what you are talking about. If we had traded Cron Butler, now keep in mind when that happened, and we, we talk about stats, but there is a human element to this. This is a human mm -hmm. game. That happened in Milwaukee. Cron Butler is from there. Cron Butler had kids, t kids that had not his children, like kids from like halfway houses and stuff for charities that he worked with that were in the stands. Okay. He had dislocated his kneecap. And he did not want those kids to see him being carted off the floor. He shoved his kneecap back into place and walked off the floor. All right. Mm -hmm. That meant something to every person in that locker room. And if the Mavericks had treated him like a salary slot and traded him, there are people in that organization that believe that they would have never gone on to win that championship. And that's, that's real. That's as real as I can tell you. I mean, I've had these conversations with people. And I'm the guy on the outside going, man, trade him. He's got like a $13 million salary. We could get this, this. Man, that's not how humanity works, you know? And so that's a really good lesson to me about how criticism works, you know? Uh, there's all these different talking points and all of these things matter and they all come into focus. And it's never, I, I think Bob Vulgaris learned a lot from being in those draft rooms and understanding, oh yeah, I do need to have relationships with agents. That is how it works. I think he would probably tell you that. I haven't had that conversation with him, but I know a lot that went on in those draft rooms because I talked to a lot of people. And so uh, all of those stories and all those things matter, and they've all greatly impacted me over the years and how I talk about things. And so there is no benefit to me being negative about Dwight Powell being a more effective player before his Achilles injury than after. It's not going to change his contract status. It's not going to change how much he means to the guy in the locker room. It's not going to change the person that he is that inspires all these people around him. That's a fact of life. That injury happened. We deal with it and we move on, you know? And, and, and so those things really inform me personally, how I talk about a lot of this stuff. And so that's a long answer to say, yes, I'm very well, uh, aware that to a lot of people, I represent the Mavericks, but there's a thing in media studies called reception strategy, right? If I'm being presented something and I'm closed off to it, I ain't going to hear it, right? For example, the thing I said earlier about Trump, I have a particular reception strategy with that man. He might be saying something really insightful and I probably wouldn't hear it because of my reception strategy when he is in the mix. There's a lot of Maverick fans that probably have a certain, I'm going to say Mavs Twitter, 
that have a certain reception strategy whenever they see a tweet from me or see me talk because they have a preconceived notion that I'm just out there saying whatever Cuban wants me to say. Let me tell you something. Mark Cuban has never once told me what to say. Not once. Now, sometimes he's been like, why did you guys say this? And that's fair. <laughs> it's his team and his broadcast, and we've had those discussions, yeah. and they were fair discussions. But he's never said, you need to go say this or you need to go say this. That's never happened once. So the thing I'm, I'm telling you is real and honest as I can. The things that I say, I believe. And maybe I'm a little more positive and optimistic because I'm around these people a lot and I believe in these people. I was devastated when Donnie Nelson was fired. He's a mm -hmm. friend of mine. He's been incredible to me. I was devastated. But I'm looking at it and I'm going, <laughs> they didn't win a playoff game for 10 years. Uh, and so I'm optimistic about Nico, which, by the way, I knew him in like 2005 because he was coming into the locker room back then as a Nike rep. I had him in my phone as Nico Nike back then, <laughs> back, you know, when he was here. And, and, and so uh, I'm optimistic about the future. I mean, and the hardest thing to do in sports is get someone like Luca on your team. Yeah. And so I feel good about the direction of the team. There's, we need more scoring. We need more creating. We need all of that. Uh, but as Donnie once said, it's an acquisition business. And no matter how good you are, you never stop thinking about how you can get more talent. So that's a constant. Very good points. Very good points. Uh, I did want to say one thing you just mentioned, you know, um, how things, how your tweets come off, uh, how they're received. I'm glad you came on here because I know you had, you know, prior conversations with Bibbs. Uh, we've never had a conversation, but one thing Bibbs and uh, myself usually try to hang our hats on with this podcast is being real, yep. authentic, genuine, honest. I had a perceived, you know, prior uh, opinion or view of you because we've never had a conversation, not even a tweet exchange. And I'll see things or, you know, like you said, you'll tweet things and they'll come off in a different tone. Yeah. Uh, certain things I'll be scrolling on Mavs Twitter. People will say, I'll see your name and I'm say, oh, well, what happened now? And they'll say, oh, well, he said this. And I'm like, well, why the heck would he say something like that? You know, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, you coming on actually getting to have the conversation with you, uh, seeing your opinion on things, how you view things, how you feel about things. It changed my opinion. It's, it feels like you're actually getting to know a person as opposed to seeing 240 or 280 characters on Twitter like you usually do. Because I thought, oh man, the way this guy tweets, this guy's an asshole. Or, yeah. you know, he, uh, I have a little bit of an edge, Jimmy. <laughs> I, I, I understand that and I can be taken the wrong way and I, I wear that and I earn that. And that's, and I, I mean, I mean that authentically. If you guys see me out there and I'm doing the wrong shit, call me out, man. I deserve that. Um, we all have our good and bad days and I'm not over here. I, I'm not, I swear I'm not out here trying to win people over. I'm not, I'm just trying to connect uh, good, bad or indifferent. You don't need to change your opinion of my work or how you feel about me. Um, that's not the goal is I just want to, I want to connect with people because it, it's really interesting to me. Uh, like if someone says Mavs Twitter and they say something negative, it's interesting to me how many individuals take that personally and wear it. <laughs> and so what I would ask you, your name was not said. Right. Why did you rush to embrace someone saying negative about Mavs Twitter? Mm. And that probably if you really spend a second or two thinking about that, you realize you're wearing it because you've earned it. You're not being called out individually. But if you think someone says, well, Mavs Twitter's doing this. Oh, yeah, motherfuckers, what are you saying about me? I didn't say anything <laughs> about you. You immediately jumped up and put it on. And there's probably a reason why you did that. Like, you know when you're, you know when you're holding it. Right. right? It's if in the your shoe hand. fits. The shoe yeah. fits. The Absolutely, shoe fits. man. And that, um, that, that's one of the things I wanted to say, too. Like, yeah. and it's not just, again, it's not Mavs Twitter. It's Twitter. Right. It is the state of the world. And if you are rushing out to embrace, embrace this giant ball of negativity and wear it, that's not going to be good for you long-term. I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to myself. You've got to find the ways to go, man, this shit is ugly. What am I doing here? Yeah. It's not good. And I've had that moment. I can, I can specifically, I can definitely say I've had that moment where I was like, I need to step away from this. 
Yeah. Um, this is not healthy. This is right. not it Twitter became too important to me. Yes. And, and my perception on Twitter and how people see me became too important to me. And I didn't like it at all. It can become yeah. it can become your identity. And again, I'm super fortunate. <laughs> I have all these platforms. Like, man, right. I'm really, really fortunate. And I know that. But for a lot of people, Twitter is their platform. And so it can become your identity. And if it does become your identity, then try to craft your identity in something that's going to lead you somewhere that's going to, that's going to, you will personally benefit or grow from it. And And a a lot of that's not happening. And that's exactly what I I attempted to do. And I'll say like to piggyback on what Reese said, I probably would have felt the same way about your personality if I had not actually met you in person in Dallas in like 2015 and mm-hmm. after a game it was me and a few other people and you stopped and spoke with us and i was like this guy's a real accessible personable guy that doesn't think he's above everybody right. and like i i can i can look i can see through the persona that may pe- people may see because i've had that one-on-one conversation when you didn't have to have that conversation like i can see that you're a genuine dude through the tweets I, I mean, I honestly uh, and truly believe this. I, I love connecting with Mav fans because I'm a Mav fan. Right. Man, I grew up sitting next to my dad at those games. I watched <laughs> Derek Harper dribble out the clock against the Lakers. I was in the building. Gentlemen, I was at Moody Madness. And everyone my age will tell you they were. They're lying. There was only 9,000 people in that building. <laughs> <laughs> we two rows from the top. All right? And you saw uh, everybody. Yeah, man. And so I like. I even in the nineties when I'm yelling at the television, cause it is some unwatchable shit. I mean, I <laughs> love this team and I always want it to, I always want the guys to win. And I always want this to be an organization I can be proud to be associated with. I'm proud of what's happening with their community efforts in the last year or two, man. I love what they did with the city edition jerseys. Cause I'm an old Dallas rap head and the honored DOC and big talk and Bobby sessions filled me with pride I love seeing the Mavericks be a part of the community because I'm from here. Of the 50 years I've been alive, 48 of them I lived right here. Uh, so I wear a lot of that with pride. And I also don't get offended when someone calls me a homer. Like, hell yeah, I'm a homer. You think I want them to lose? Shit. My life is better when they win. What are you talking about? You don't want them to win? What are we doing here? Um, so I'm glad that, that we connected like that in 2015 uh, because I, I, do, I do love all that. It's, 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 uh, I am, I can't say it enough, man. I'm a really lucky dude. And I, I, I embrace all of this, the good and the bad, all of it, man. Awesome. This is a great conversation. This went, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't know what to expect. He told me why you wanted to come on. I said, okay, this could go because like I said, I had this, you know, uh, preconceived notion of the, the, the person that skin weight was the personality or the character based off of Twitter. But this this was a great conversation. I'm glad we had this conversation. I'm glad we were able to connect this way. I learned some things about you. I learned some things, you know, about uh, social media as a whole, uh, looking at it in a different light. Uh, we agreed on some things. I don't really think we disagreed on too many things uh, based off of what you said. This was this was a much needed conversation. Uh, That's like good. Said, I, 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 I love that. I feel real positive about it. I think it's good that you said, you know, you're not trying to win people over. You just, you want to get the word out there. You want people to understand where you're coming from. And, you know, personally, I can say, speaking for just myself, I won't speak for anyone else. Uh, I understand your your point was received well. That's great. I really like hearing that, man. I really, really appreciate that. And, uh and Ben, please don't ever say anything negative about my guy at Harp again, please. I, <laughs> I love this man so much. I'm messing with <laughs> No, and, and I did want to touch on, like, I, I when you unfollow me, I didn't take it personal because you were very specific to say, you know, there's certain things I don't want to see on my timeline. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm said some things that I probably wouldn't want to see on my timeline if I was him too. So <laughs> I respect it. That's and that's so where good, it comes man. from. Like, it doesn't have to be personal. It doesn't have to be personal at all. Not everything is is black and white. There's sometimes in the gray area. Not everything has to be. You don't have to choose a side with everything. And yeah. That's what it seems like. You know, social media has turned into. So, <sighs> hopefully, we can go back to real life. 
So. <laughs> Man, uh, and hey, if you guys ever have plans of coming to Dallas, let me know. I'll uh, help you guys get some tickets, and uh, we can hang afterwards. I'd love that, man. Thank you. I awesome. appreciate that. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank hey, you. well, uh, I appreciate it. I really, really do. This was nice of you guys to do this. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yes, right, absolutely.